Hello and welcome. I'm here today with a true legend in the communities, or, well, many communities, but I'm here with the one and only McBeard. Today we're going to learn all about him. And to be, hello, hello. And to begin, oh, hello. What should I, what would you like me to call you during this conversation? Uh, oh, that's a, that's a wild one. <clears throat> it's in it, that's such an interesting question because online it's like you just get called what you're called, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, like, uh, man, you can just call me McBeard because we just met. I'll call you John because John's in your name. Yep. I don't know. It's weird. I think it'd be weird if you started calling me Dane, which is my first name, I guess. But I don't know why it would be weird because that's my name. But I guess it's just weird because in the online universe, I'm not Dane. I'm yeah, McBeard, that's true. Right? Like that's, it's like the name, the name we give ourselves. I think a lot of, I mean, it's different online. Every, every person online does that, right? Mm -hmm. But um, like artists tend to like musicians and stuff like they have to give themselves that name um and that just has much more weight to it but i'm just like it's halfway between my real name and my <laughs> screen name so mcbeard is just fine mcbeard it'll be but you're right there is a there's a disconnect uh when it comes to what's my online persona my username you might have made it when you're mm. young you have history of it and then you jump over it's like what, what is my actual name i like i like being called mcbeard because it's like have you ever seen Seinfeld where have you seen have you, have you ever watched the show Seinfeld in your life? I, I've seen a couple yeah. episodes here there growing up. It's a little up, this but... is a little dated now. I think I'm maybe dating myself, but there's oh, there's an episode where one of the characters tries to give himself a nickname and obviously it goes terribly. He doesn't get the nickname he wants. <laughs> it's very funny. But it's like the idea that like on the online world when you give yourself a nickname, people mm -hmm. are going to call you that. Yes. There's no there's no like I'm not going to call you that, buddy. Whatever <laughs> T-bone. Like it's not going to happen like that. So I think that um there's just a lot of it's just a different feeling online because you can really make a name for yourself. But when people call me McBeard, it's like, oh, yeah, they're calling me the nickname I gave myself. Even though I think if I were to give myself a name now, if I had to go clean slate, I probably wouldn't pick this name anymore. I don't know what I would pick. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably just feeling like that because I've used this name for so long. And it just seems like, you know, I'm wearing the same shirt. But, yeah, I mean... McBeard. Wow. I gave you a long answer for a very simple question. Well, I think, I think it is less simple in this space because there's also there's considerations of safety. There's considerations of branding. There's consideration of when did you pick your name and how long have you had it and whether it actually ages well. Because Plain Talk John is a relatively new name for myself. I've had many other usernames and they did not qualify for this time. And so there is a lot that goes into picking a name and it's not something that you're given. You pick yourself, right? Our actual full names are given by our parents in most cases. Most people don't change their names. Maybe if they get married, they'll change their last name, depending on the culture. But when it comes to online space, it gets, things get blurry. You have a lot more freedom to pick what you want, but are you always going to be happy with it? Are you going to be happy with the weight it carries and what you've built up with that name? No, it's funny if uh, you, mm -hmm. you change your screen name when you get married, too. So it's like... Uh -huh. If Hafu and Dog were going to get married, Hafu would have to change your screen name to Hafu Dog. That's yeah, that's, that's how it works, right? <laughs> new, that's the new world, guys. That's the new world. No, it Every makes name sense. changes. It or makes no name sense. changes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. This is the part where this is your chance really to tell your story. A lot of people start with education or first job. Just tell me about McBeard. Yeah, I got a little history, so I'll try to... I'll try to truncated a little bit all right um i'm 38 so i'm older for the gaming space generally there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's a lot of gamers that are that are my age are still doing things out there i mean i think a lot of the a lot of the magic the gathering greats they started young too because that's yep. kind of when it's 
kind of when like cards started to surge into popularity. Like I started playing Magic cards mm -hmm. 95, 96. Oh, like, that's, that's pretty like, recent. Around the time. It <clears throat> what? It's recent when relative to when it came out, right? It came out in the 90s. So you started playing pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, so it came out like over 25 years ago. So that makes me at least 25, right? So, oh, yes. like, so but yeah, so I like it was fourth edition had just come out if you know Magic the Gathering at all. So I like fourth edition, actually fourth edition hadn't come out yet when I started. It was like just, like the week or two later. So mm -hmm. uh, still whiteboarded cards, still like, you know, whatever. Um, that's like when I started playing cards. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so I've always liked card games. Okay. Went to school, went to college, journalism, got a job at a daily newspaper. Hmm. Did worked uh, worked. I did the job. It's called it's called the composing, and it's not like mm -hmm. composing. It's uh, when you put together the page and then you send it off to the printing press, and then they print that newspaper page. That's based, that was that was my job. Five p.m. to one a.m. Get the get the newspaper ready for print, and they'd print it at two or three o'clock in the morning, and they'd get it out in the morning. So I did that for a year and a bit. And then mm -hmm. uh, started, and then I just totally flipped it around, started bartending, did that for eight years, went back to college, got a, got a diploma in advertising, did that for six years, um, worked with massive brands, um, did one of the biggest, one of the biggest uh, built, it's called out of home in advertising when you buy like bus shelters and stuff. Okay. Did one, if not two of the biggest out of home stuff that uh, had come out of a Toronto agency. Wow ever when i did that stuff so i got really involved in like billboards and bus shelters and that was like what for some reason it was one of my favorite things mm -hmm. it's weird because like media is media is dying in a lot of ways newspapers not doing very well tv had an unexpected comeback but tv was like people were saying that was going to go for a while too mm -hmm. but i thought you know what a billboard that's <laughs> forever and yep, then COVID happens there. and it's like <laughs> oh my god out of home is the one that's going to take the hit here because no one's leaving their home Let's get out of this boring advertising conversation. I feel like I've, I've been talking about advertising well, no. for the last couple of days. <laughs> I, I mean, we if you want to get out of it, we can skip past it. But no, this, no, it, we're going to skip past it, but I'm just going to say that it was, I think, uh, taking time away from it. Because what happened, advertising was the job I had right before this, or mm -hmm. right before like I started doing broadcasting and streaming and all of the various little bits and pieces of work that I've done ever since then. So advertising was like the, the closest thing to me when I left it. So I mm -hmm. left it with a lot of like hot stress like i left okay. it with like the memory is still fresh kind of like it there was a lot of like uh, turmoil when it came to like the stress of managing other people's money and all that stuff so i looked at it when i was and you know i went from going to a job that was causing me um a lot of distress to what i would consider a dream job this was a dream mm -hmm. job to be traveling around the world and casting video games without a doubt one of the best jobs i could ever imagine having in my life so it's almost like it it blasted the color out of the rest of my life. It really made me wonder, like, I can't, like, nothing, nothing is going to mm -hmm. be the same after this. Now we're four years on. I've, I've, I've kind of had a boom and bust. Like, it's not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, I, like, you know, I just don't really play Gwent anymore and Gwent was my game. So I just don't yes. really, as far as, like, feeling popular, there's a little less of that. But with that time passing, I can look at my life, from here and kind of see that like everything was kind of the same mm -hmm. this casting job wasn't necessarily bigger or better uh in my mind it was though but that's where it matters the most i think yeah uh, and, in, and in my mind every other job was terrible but now i think that i've processed it a bit i think that i could say that every single piece of my life was super important 
and I'm happy that I did it all. And who knows what I'll do next? I was actually just talking yesterday. You know, I'm always going to play video games and I'm always going to like want to hang out with people if I'm doing that, because if I turn on my camera and like 10 of my friends are going to hang out with me, I'll do that all the time. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine that I'll ever not stream, but I don't feel like a streamer at the moment. I feel, uh, even though I'm still streaming lots of card games, doing work with card games, I'm doing a lot of other side work as well. And it's kind of, it's like, I, I feel like I'm a person who streams, but I'm not a streamer as much mm -hmm. as I used to be. And I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe you might be catching me at like the, in the sunset years of my, of my uh, efforts to be a person on the internet. But at the moment, it's, at the moment, it's, uh, it's forever interesting, I think, as much as the internet is full of some pretty awful things people who just say stuff to you yep. like i uh, i can't even really explain it beyond that it's just like there are versions of people that exist on the internet that aren't real like it's mm -hmm. it's kind of scary it's like that like the if you're if you have like a general fear of like the worst in people and you think that like this thing could live inside people that thing roams freely on the internet like it just has it like completely untethered and that's yeah, it's a scary place. It is. Right. I mean, there's no there's no consequences, no real identifier. If I get banned from a site that I've been yelling at, you know, saying awful things, get banned, make a new account, get back to it. Yeah, it's not it, like getting kicked out of an actual place of business. Like, right. Because if, you know, if someone says, did this terrible thing while you mentioned you bartended, right? You just say, you know, remove them from the establishment, go ruin somebody else's bar. But on the internet, yeah, I mean, we also have like a legal obligation to do that too, yes. because their disruption is a disruption of others. Now, in in a stream, that's what happens too. Like somebody comes uh -huh. in the chat, starts, you know, putting in some like a vulgar pastas or whatever. You got to deal with that shit. But no one's gonna come and check up on that person later and say, uh, you know, we're gonna write you a ticket for your for your social disturbance. Like, yes. there's no, yeah, there's no, no consequence for it. Um, yeah. So that's my story. Yeah, I've had like a pretty. Uh, I've had lots of different chapters in my life. Like I've never, you know, I didn't go, I was, you know, I was going to do like career stuff and advertising, but it's just not like, I don't have the same drive, I think, as other people. And okay. I'm still actually working on understanding my own drive, but there's, uh, there's a comedian named Neil Brennan who has a fantastic Netflix special and he's Dave Chappelle's comedy uh, like partner, like his, his writing partner as well. Mm -hmm. And he he did a bit on um, he did a bit just on his own personality in his last special. And he talks about how he only understands adrenaline and ego, and he has no internal way of kind of compartmentalizing any sort of like pride or achievement. He lives for like the rush of life. Mm -hmm. So it's like he like success is a rush, but if he, like but constantly succeeding is not like that's kind of how i started to feel like when i was in advertising and i was getting you know i got like a promotion after a bit and i was doing good work and you know for a while i'm just like yo i'm making it i'm a real mm -hmm. adult human i'm out there in the world i'm making money i got a great job and things are looking up and this is awesome and then you know after the fourth or fifth year it's just like just it's just a gray void like there's no even if i'm still working towards goals or i'm still working towards uh like achievements within that industry there's something about that initial rush that goes away streaming is the same thing you're kind of chasing that dragon like that first host whoa that first time uh -huh. like x people are watching you whoa i've never can't believe i'm i don't know any stream would love to have this many people and then that, that just becomes another day in like 500 days so it's uh 
Yeah. If we, I'm, uh, I can where take was it. I going with that? No worries. I can I have a bunch of places I can take this. You have given yeah. me a lot of things. So do you mind? I'm, I think I'm going to get philosophical for a moment, if you don't mind. Oh, hey, that's, I don't mind that at all. Okay. So I know people, the, the, I can relate to that struggle. So I used to work in finance and mm -hmm. I quickly became the best in my division at a multi-trillion dollar asset manager. And I had that that's reputation. That's more money than I ever handled. And I handled millions. <laughs> yes. No, and I, it makes me feel I was not handling trillion myself, but I also handled millions as well. Yeah. In terms of people call up, like, here's my account. I handled trillions, but I also handled millions. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the, the biggest time I had to step in was just for us. There was an institutional plan that had billions with us, and they had a small problem. They needed somebody to fix it. I did that, but that was, that was, that was the closest I got to, like, big money. Uh, but I was also, I remember experiencing a lot of success. And one thing I realized while there, the problem with having success and, like, the adrenaline from that be the goal is if you keep succeeding, you get used to it, right? The void starts to come up. And I know in Buddhism, this is kind of the core philosophy, the core problem that Buddha had. Because Buddha had it all. It was like the prince of a kingdom, riches, all of that. And then he got bored, right? He lost his meaning because he had it all. There was nothing left to get. Uh, we can also actually see this today, in my opinion, with Jeff Bezos. Did you hear about Jeff Bezos's yacht? <laughs> I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know what you're about to say. I thought okay. you were going to say something about space travel for sure, but no. What happened? What so happened Jeff, Jeff Bezos, Bezos yacht? spent $500 million on like a mega yacht. And the yacht is so big and gigantic and too complicated, they couldn't fit a helipad on it. So he then commissioned a second yacht that has a helipad to go with the mega yacht. So he has a little like fleet of yachts that just go around the world. And that also, I think it's important to keep in mind, it doesn't really fit Jeff Bezos' Bezos's personality because I just can't imagine Jeff Bezos not working. So the idea that he's going to actually spend money and time and effort. He has to and, work again. If he, I don't think he has to work again. No, he never has to, but he's going to keep no. doing it, right? There's a reason he's funding space stuff and has yachts. He's just running out of things to do because he's, he's won capitalism. There's a point where... I suppose, yeah. I suppose it's just like, I want everything I want. Give it to me, and here's the money to make it happen. Yeah, and then he realizes, you know, once you've won capitalism, that's your goal. That's the great success. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing He's there. on top of the leaderboard, right? He's just... That's it, right? Yeah, but then what? All that's left is the unexplored. Uh -huh. The unexplored, right? So I, I can imagine how, you know, um, maybe, you know, an average mud person like us compared to compared to Jeff Bezos, you know, we live mired in her own misery wondering what's around every corner jeff bezos he wants to know what's around the planets man he's he knows it all he sees it all but i mean i i'm i'm trying being half like i'm being sarcastic like well, it's it seems dumb to me like it seems mm -hmm. it seems like a waste of money to me but for jeff bezos i don't know like what what the concept of money even is to a person like that well, like it's I no longer it's almost like like if i had more money than anyone Mm -hmm. and i wanted something okay. the price would never come up in the conversation like i just don't think unless like i thought someone was trying to fleece me or whatever but like like the price tag would just be like whatever it's just like just doesn't yeah. matter it's just like am i going to get it or not yeah i think though the important the point i'm trying to hit is not that he's chasing he's, ch he's chasing that next high he's trying to figure out what it is but what i'm saying is he's getting stuck in that same gray void that i think you kept getting stuck in when you were in advertising 
You've sold everything. Streaming yeah. too. No, that's the yep. thing. Like 100%. even even broadcasting. Like I'm always you you hit a rush and you're chasing it. It's just the way it is. And um the adrenaline of the of the whole situation was oh, it's hard to come back from that. It's hard to like it's hard to imagine that I will get that feeling. Like mm-hmm. like I don't wanna I'm just gonna tell you that this is an amazing thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um Challenger one, I'm doing my first cast with Mogwai. It would be Mm -hmm. an 11 hour cast. Mm -hmm. And the day before that, so that was Challenger one, it was May 13th, 2016. Oh, I'm not even, that's, I have the wrong code. (laughs) The other one has the date on it. It was 2016, I think. And no, 2017, doesn't matter. Uh, And, uh, May 12th, the day before, is my birthday. So, and uh, if you remember, or if you even, if you didn't know, I'll tell you, uh, Challenger 1 had some celebrity, some celebrities in it. Mm-hmm. Like, we had four Gwent people from the Gwent community, and we also had life coach PPD Noxus and Noxus and uh, Trump, uh, SC, mm-hmm. from Hearthstone. Yep. And StarCraft, I guess, because SC. But uh, everybody knows them through Hearthstone. So they were, he, mm-hmm. they were all there. and. Uh, Life coach and Trump and Noxus, I knew just from being a Hearthstone fan and PPD, I knew who he was. But so May twelfth is my birthday, and these people whom I were I was watching, like I've watched Life Coach win Hearthstone tournaments at this point, and here he is singing Happy Birthday to me because they <laughs> uh, planned a little surprise Happy Birthday for me with a cake and everything. I like it. I like it. And I have so I have basically someone uh, that I admire greatly, a celebrity in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm also in Katowice, Poland. Like the whole thing is a fever dream. Like it yes. really, it really didn't, it was really so hard to process, but going from that to anything else is difficult. I got to tell you, going from that to anything else is difficult. Fortunately for me, I got to travel for quite a while after that and do much, much more over and over and over and over again. And every mm-hmm. time I did it, I fucking loved it. I think one thing that strikes me as in your entire journey uh, is there's a lot of change that goes on, right? You went to school for multiple degrees. You've done multiple different jobs. You hop, it seems like you're hopping around and you just keep chasing that adrenaline high. You're trying to find that next thing that gets you excited. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that you're... Well, I mean, definitely in the video game world, in the streaming world, uh, excitement is the only thing that keeps me coming back online. Um, like it's just, I'm at a point, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. I think this might just be card game burnout in general, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, I'm at a point where like new is almost all I want, which is hard, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, games kind of function on expansions and newness will always fade and metas yes. develop in card games. And that usually is kind of its own sort of refreshment as mm-hmm. the season goes that the meta might refine, you might learn matchups better. You get your own growth. That's, that's the thing. But the um the nature of playing over and over and over and over again and i i feel like i noticed this specifically with legends of runeterra um so they just had a new thing come out yesterday so i played it mm-hmm. and i don't really care about playing it today like it's just <laughs> i played it it was new i saw it and mm-hmm. the next step is well i could fire it up again and play a little bit more new stuff and try some more new stuff but eventually i gotta say why am i playing this game right now am i playing it to play it to get the rank am i playing it to make videos and if i'm not doing any of those things 
I'm definitely not getting enough out of streaming it outside of the fact that I'm getting enjoyment out of playing something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of like streaming daily for a goal for me at the moment is it's kind of not there right now. It's yeah. not there right now. Nothing is mm-hmm. new enough to hold my attention to keep me down here. I'm in my studio now, but it's not just, I mean, it's also like, it's also post COVID mm-hmm. I'm double vaccinated. My life is kind of like coming back online after 18 months of being everybody's it's kind yeah. of happening to everybody at, at different speeds at different points, but merging my, uh, my perception of life right now is just, drastically different than it was before covid hit you know i was about mm-hmm. to get on a plane for gwent challenger for gwent masters one that was eventually pushed to this year and all that stuff but like at that moment when i was about to get on that plane i had a certain feeling about gwent i had a certain feeling about my job i had a certain feeling about the outside world and uh you know i wasn't really going out very much anymore we moved from toronto which is like a super busy city mm-hmm. uh to where we are now it was it was for my wife's teaching but because uh, uh, she had to teach at the school in the city but um, I did want to leave Toronto because like everybody seemed like crazy and the city was just so nuts. Mm-hmm. And I just started to get like more and more kind of not agoraphobic. Like I wasn't scared of going out. I just like really, really, really didn't want to. And then, you know, streaming started to take off and I'm like, well, I don't have to, I can just chill mm-hmm. in my backyard and I can stream. And that's just really good. And then COVID hit and, uh, it kind of, uh, wiped that feeling away. It yes. made me really want to go back outside move back to the city it's completely completely undid so much of it so and i i don't know like this is all happening in my own space but i i wonder what it's like for other streamers because like shinmiri is on vacation right like he's mm-hmm. probably taking he's taking his first vacation in a long time i, I, I mean I, I assume because we couldn't do anything before right yeah so like he's like right out there in the in the warm weather uh, and i imagine there's a lot of people that are just like just everybody's kind of having their breakout of the breakout of COVID moment. And that's going to happen mm-hmm. for people over various times, like from wherever they, from May to whenever they, it kind of, it, it ends for those people. Like I, like the idea that I'm vaccinated, I'm not saying it's over, but the idea that uh, I am no longer like uh, going to give a hard time to a hospital. If I get sick, Yeah. if I get sick, it's not going to be that bad. Uh, I mean, I don't really know exactly the limits of it, but I'm, I'm, I've been out. I've been, I've been mm-hmm. seeing people. I've had visitors. I've visited people. I've gone to stores. I've bought new pants. Thank God. These are great. And it's like, feels normal again. It feels mm-hmm. like things are coming back to normal. And it's hard to get down here in this basement and stream when it's not only nice out, but it's also like, I've been dying to get out and do stuff for, mm-hmm. Over a year, like say it out loud. We've been stuck in our homes for yes. over a year. Isolated and then probably science, alone. But... Science nonfiction, John. This is so crazy. It's yes. still crazy. It was crazy when it's <laughs> happening, but we're living through history. And when uh-huh. we read about it later, we're going to be like, I fucking did that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for swearing. If that's oh, you can swear on the here. stream. It's fine. But um, yeah, it's just, it's really, really hard for me to stream right now. So, but it's really hard for me to kind of make any big decisions in my life right now. Like it's, it's so, so up in the air. Everything feels so up in the air and COVID is the, is the, is the descriptor. And the thing about COVID being a global problem is that you can look at anybody 
and they'll be like, how you doing? How's your life going? Uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you can just say, oh, you know, COVID. Yeah. And everybody gets it. Uh huh. Worldwide. What else? What else? What else is like that? They're, they're nothing. As you said, it's like living like sci fi. But like the idea that I could go mm-hmm. and talk to somebody in China that has that maybe wouldn't understand me and I wouldn't understand uh-huh. them. But if I could get across a feeling, I said, you know, well, we went through COVID and you know what that's like. Nothing is yeah. lost in translation there. Everybody yep. knows what it's like. 100%. So it's just, it's a very powerful uh, example of we're in this together and what that really can mean. And we were talking about liking people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an, it's very easy to be, to have empathy when you know, you just, you know exactly what it's like. Like, I know what it's like for me. I had my mm-hmm. own challenges while we went through it. Everybody did. Some people had bad years and the fact that COVID was happening at the same time probably made it. They must have, I mean, yes. there were probably some people some that people went suffered. through the COVID times just being like, how could this be happening to me? Mm-hmm. Because it feels like, you know, when it's happening to you, mm-hmm. but it's happening to everybody and it's not a special thing that happened to me. It would be special if it didn't happen to you. Like that's yes. how widespread it was. So anyway, I'm just, it's fascinating as terrible as it is. It's as, you know, as things go on, it just becomes fascinating like i said yeah. we're living through history it, you're 100 percent right it is gonna be in the book someday and we'll they'll show pictures of people who are wearing masks they're talking about the race for the vaccine how different countries handled it this this is gonna be in every textbook going forward and especially in the medical community because hopefully this will be the only pandemic in our lifetime it might not be but if after this experience every doctor in the world uh is going to be sitting there saying yeah we want to make sure we know exactly how we handle this going forward because we're, we want to make sure the next one is not nearly as bad, because you're. It, Just it, look at New Zealand. Didn't they do yeah. the best? Weren't, Zealand, weren't they like the weren't they, they like the model of good of doing it properly? Yeah, there were a couple countries that did a great job. New Zealand uh, did a great job. Um, Taiwan, South Korea. A lot of these uh, areas, they just they just clamped down. They did whatever it took, and that ones that didn't have leaders that uh, told the opposite of truth. You know, let's yeah, not you're up in Canada, not... right? <laughs> Oh, I am. I am in Canada. Yes. Yeah. So I'm the, the best place for people who love to watch th- things burn is to you get I, a great vantage point from Canada. Believe me. You. you yeah. I'm in. A, I'm in the states. Uh, it was. Uh, it was an interesting right. time to watch masks become political. I thought it was a weird thing where mask wearing didn't demonstrated any political belief. But here we are. Here we are. We went through it. And, uh, we, I, feel, I feel the anger bubbling up. Can't uh, talk I just, about. I just can't I talk about the states at all with me. I'm like, uh, oh man, I've seen I've seen too much of Tucker Carlson's stupid fucking face. Ah, you know what? Forget <laughs> it. Let's let's move. Let's switch topics. Man. Let's switch topics. All good. All good. Well, I want to talk a little bit more because you have a really interesting like alignment of things going on in your life. I thought it was curious, which is uh, yeah, it sounds like me. Uh, uh, well, it's COVID, right? You have COVID. You're all of a sudden from like streaming is this great dream job. Everything's great. But a lot of the things you were describing that you loved about it was, hey, I got to like travel the world and hang out with these celebrities and cast these awesome events. All of a sudden, that portion goes away. You're just going, you're forced basically stay in your house and your studio and stream. So all of a sudden, some of that appeal goes out. Second, you're really stuck there. So when you're done streaming, you want to go get that extroverted fix. You want to be social. Oh, you, you can't. Sorry. Uh, you're not allowed to just go to a different room and stay there. And then you have this long-term burnout of card games, which... May have been a big part of everything for you up till now, but you've been playing since Magic the Gathering 4th edition, right? You you did not play 
you joined card games not long after they existed. Fourth edition is not long in the Magic the Gathering history. We start to think they're on. I remember when tenth edition came out. I think they've gone past twenty. Yeah, they've gone past twenty now. And that is well, they're just counting the years now. Now they're just saying like Magic twenty twenty two is going to come out this year. Like it's like their cars now, right? They're yeah, it's out. it's like this is the twenty two model. Here's your Modern yeah. Horizons three. Here is your Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, the game's changed a lot. But you've been you just kind of like this trifecta of evil coming in where you can't get your extroverted fix you're getting burnt out on the games you've played for decades and you're trapped like you, you're the street the parts some of the parts of the gwent community not community but like the gwent job that you've put together for yourself some of your favorite parts is memories of getting sung happy birthday with gwent you know celebrities like noxious trump life coach it disappears. It makes a lot of sense in my mind how this could just lead to you saying, look, I got I to gotta get a break. Because all your favorite parts went away and all your least favorite parts are here to stay and magnified. Mm. It's funny because I, I wouldn't even say, it's like I know, I know what you're trying to say, but even saying least favorite makes me feel like, no, I liked it all. I love it all. And mm -hmm. I, I do. I do love so much of it. But it's true. I mean, you have to, you know, some aspects are harder than others, right? Uh -huh. um, but the uh, the traveling part of the job and everything that I did with casting, very fulfilling, extremely mm -hmm. fulfilling. And the burnout of COVID, because uh, I still did the entirety of season two casting. We mm -hmm. did open one to four and masters. Uh, and it was it was great. It was fun, but it was a different experience. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, it's... Burnout is a terrible feeling. Yes. It's a terrible, disappointing, sad feeling. Um, it's sad because you're doing something that's supposed to give you enjoyment. And Not I there. feel like the true nature of burnout isn't playing something and getting angry all the time. Um, mm -hmm. it's, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. But the nature of it, I think, is the, the, the absence of joy when it mm -hmm. comes to if you're doing something for joy. But... That's what games are. That games are about fun, about having fun, about happiness. But when you do work on a game, my happiness stops being important because mm -hmm. um, I'm working, right? It's not, yes. you know, it doesn't matter, right? Um, but kind of. I think mm -hmm. the nature of because when we were when I was traveling and I was doing the events, there was a nice shakeup, shakeup and breakup of my schedule. Um, very different, you know. I've, especially like even even comparing Gwent events and north america and europe just wildly different just mm -hmm. wildly just a tapestry of experiences every time was different but but at the same time still fulfilled all the stuff i liked about going to warsaw and meeting mm -hmm. people and going to poland in general yeah. um yeah you take that part away so we're left with so now i'm playing the game every day i have no travel break mm -hmm. and the job is the same as kind of like my everyday like mm -hmm. i maybe yeah. i'm maybe gonna wear a different shirt <laughs> yeah you just you know put on your random shirt of the day go down to your yeah. studio pop on the stream yeah. and go and it's not even so it's not about like so when i was talking about uh what neil brennan said mm -hmm. neil brennan said about ego and adrenaline um this is the kind of thing like casting a casting an event fulfills those two things ego because hey i'm hosting that's yeah. cool right everyone's watching and you. And adrenaline because it's a live event. There's mm -hmm. stuff on the line, and everything I say, every word I speak, I think about my job. Mm -hmm. Every single 
sentence, every single fact that I spout, every time I think about saying the next thing when somebody else is talking, I think my job is on the line, even though it's not, but it is, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not. But you, you look at well, the responses to some of the mm -hmm. live broadcasts and stuff, it's people think that like people seem to not think that it is a job. Like the way they talk about mm -hmm. people just being like, uh, get rid of these people, add new people. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. understand how the world works. Like when you get somebody in a position to do something and they do a good job, most companies are really happy about that. Cause that means they don't have to fill that position yes. again. And don't have to worry happy, about right? it. Cause that takes that yeah. time and effort. And but you've got, you know, you've got leagues of clueless people with no investment mm -hmm. saying, oh, this person's boring me or whatever. I don't know. I, it's not that that ever really bugged me. And I am definitely uh, rambling on from the point that I was making that the burnout of card gaming mixed with COVID kind of trapping me in my own space. Um, mm -hmm. It hurt. Like it just, it, it honestly changed my, like if COVID never happened, my relationship with gaming would be different. I don't know how different it would be. I don't know what I'd be doing, but it would be different because I had to make a change. Yeah, I had to make a change when this happened. I, and that makes it, yeah, it's almost, I, I wanted to use this uh, analogy a little bit earlier, but it fits here now too, which is like kind of eating chocolate frosting. Because imagine just getting a thing of chocolate frosting and going out of a spoon. It'd be a miserable experience after the first few bites. Right? Eventually yeah. it's so sweet and just too much. And COVID yeah. all of a sudden forces you like, oh, you can't do anything but like streaming games. You don't get that variety of other stuff. So it's not that gaming is bad and it's not that streaming is bad, but too much of it all the time is overwhelming and eventually starts to not be something you're interested in. And that makes perfect sense. And burnout, I feel like, is the curse of it all, low key, in terms of a burnout is that moment where you're putting in time and effort, but you're not getting that satisfaction at the end of the day. When you end that stream or win that game, it just starts meaning something, that absence of joy. I think it's really well put. Yeah, and it's like, mm -hmm. unlike other jobs, this is something that I've had to explain to so many people when it comes mm -hmm. to like why this job would be more difficult or, or as difficult or difficult at all. Um, when people go into work, usually as a generic job, I'll yes. use my last job as an example, like advertising. When I went into work to do my job, there wasn't a chance that I would lose, like losing. <laughs> yeah. Losing wasn't really, a, I mean, yeah, maybe I could have had like a presentation that didn't go well or something like that, or I get mm -hmm. to, or, you know, I have a, an email exchange with a sales rep that I didn't like, but it's not really like I can go to work and like leave work with a losing record and somehow <laughs> be further behind. Yes. And, like I can't, like, going to work and coming back less better off than I did. Like that's the kind of thing that can happen in ranked gameplay you can you can go to work and you can lose all day mm -hmm. and it's it's a bad feeling yes especially when it comes to streaming and you can act like the other thing about doing work like this doing work online on the internet in general streaming mm -hmm. you have stats everywhere so mm -hmm. feeling bad is very easily uh measurable if you wanted yes. to measure it you can look at all sorts of numbers that would make you feel even worse it, um 100 they're all out mm. there. And they, they even email them to your inbox on the next day. Or uh, even, no, not even next day, hour after you finish your stream. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you are underperforming your average for the month. You had only 40 viewers during that eight-hour stream. And then, of course, you walk away. You watch your MMR go down. You've lost your games. Just on the back foot. It's just 
too yeah. much information. Finish your you finish your work day and you're kind of just like I suck and it yeah. just doesn't feel very good. Um and mm -hmm. yeah, that's 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 what it's like. Yeah, I also think that another part that hurts is the risk of it all in terms of people don't people are like oh they're streamers they're playing games all day how nice but it's a really risky entrepreneurial endeavor. You're sitting there, you have to convince people to watch you and like you. You have to keep that going. It's any, any time anyone else can start their own stream, very low barrier to entry, and they can just surpass you. And that's it. Or people get bored of you and they move on. So you also have a lot of risk in that regard, especially for, I, I feel bad for the people who are casting because it is such a public role for like Gwent events as you used to do, where it's a highly competitive role. It's not guaranteed the esports scene is going to continue to exist year to year. It's a small game. And if you're trying to fight for one of these roles, if you don't get one of the events, it can actually like, it can have an impact on your day-to-day -day budget if you're trying to do it full time. So yeah, I mean, the last thing, the, the last thing a contract worker wants is more uncertainty. Yes. Right? So yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a great feeling, but uh, it's not a great feeling to know, to not know like what's gonna happen. Contract mm -hmm. work in general is just, it's not like career work where, or salary work. It's just you have yes. what you have, and you hope to have more one day. Um, yeah. I feel like you made another point that I was going to elaborate on, and I just lost it. It's okay. Do you want twenty what seconds? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. What did you? What did you just? You were you were talking. What was the first thing you said there? Uh, um, let's see. I no, I don't. It was uh, the entrepreneurial endeavor of it all. And the yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Perfect. The the idea that one of the bigger one of the biggest things for streaming and YouTube and stuff that people, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to find this, but with Gwent, I was able to get something together because I had a great opportunity mm -hmm. because there was, you know, there was a low, there was a small community, there was a lack of content yep. and it could have been, and, and it was CD Projekt Red. I'm like, you know, this is not going to be half-assed. Yep. This no, they're going to do Witcher, a great job. This is Witcher money, right? This is Witcher money. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh -huh. this looks really, really interesting. I like The Witcher 3. I like Gwent. Let's, let's start covering this. And mm -hmm. the opportunity was there because the, because the community was small and the work ethic was there. I did it every week and I did it before the game was even out. Like it was just, you know, I got in there. I wanted to talk about the game constantly. And it just ended up with me... Hap I just I was gonna quit my job anyway. I was gonna quit mm -hmm. my advertising job anyway. It was happening. I was really, I was really not happy, um, mm -hmm. and I had a huge desire to write, uh, like fiction. Yes. And I remember just kind of coming. Just we had I had a decision. We had to talk with my wife, and it's like, you know, maybe like it doesn't matter if you quit and start writing and nothing comes from it. Mm -hmm. What's important is that you understand that this job is killing you and maybe you should just try to do something else. Yeah, but, uh, so I, I, quit, I quit the job anyway. I didn't quit my job for streaming. I didn't quit my advertising jobs for streaming. I, had, I, was already, I was already out. I had already left at that point. Mm -hmm. But while I was writing this book, my procrastination was the podcast. So Interesting. Okay. I just, with procrastination, if I feel like I'm procrastinating it doesn't feel bad. And I just leaned right into it and it never felt like work. It never, ever felt like work to do the podcast. And I just, the opportunity was there. The game grew with mm -hmm. me. And when I was given the opportunity to do 
Nilfgaard was being released for the first time in the beta. Mm -hmm. They gave uh, me and Merchant and Mogwai and uh, and there were three others with us at the time: Chaotic Priest, King Blacktooth, and my podcast partner at the time, Gray Boxer. Mm -hmm. And we all were allowed to take the footage that we had, like seeing the first look of Nilfgaard, and take that footage back to YouTube and post it. Like, uh, and that was a huge opportunity. I got thousands of subscribers from like nothing in that mm -hmm. couple of days. And I was able to build a foundation to kind of go from there. But if you mm -hmm. start with nothing and no opportunity, and even let, like, and you have to have a lot of stuff going for you. You can't just be opportunity. You have to be, you know, you have to be able to have the technology to stream. Like, you have to be able mm -hmm. to have, like, the internet connection, the computer to do it. You need to be able to, you have to be skilled enough to play the game well. Yes. Like, you have to be able, you have to give people a reason to watch. A hidden uh, factor. Generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have a personality that matters too. But, like, really the opportunity can be a real jumping off point so mm -hmm. like for instance i'm playing a game right now called storybook brawl that came out on the 18th of june and mm -hmm. it's a small game it's an indie game it's a small dev team and i'm enjoying playing it but what i'm really enjoying about it the most is that the community is quite small and the game is very early and it's fun of course <laughs> but it's uh it's it reminds me of gwent it reminds mm. me of a game that has a lot of interest and a lack of content, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not about to do a podcast about this game because it's the same situation as Gwent, but I can still see that there could be a huge opportunity with that game right now. And the difficulty with this part is that even though you see an opportunity, you may not like that opportunity. That's true. Like, when League of Legends Wild Rift came out to North America, which is like the mobile version mm -hmm. of League of Legends, like the more condensed, fun version, in my opinion, of League of Legends. When that came out in North America, there wasn't as much of an opportunity with that game because it was already live in like every other region first. Yes. But there still is an opportunity with that game because it's still in beta. Hmm. So it's kind of like, I guess, not that I know very much about stocks, but it's kind of like you can buy low and it can rise up with you. But you can also see it rising, buy in at a risky price, mm -hmm. and still do well. But you can also buy in at a risky price and do terribly. But usually when a game is young, you, but you don't know if you're going to like the game necessarily. Uh, you, know, like you don't know if you're going to like playing it for four years straight. You'll never know that. So it's always, I mean, there's always some sort of inherent risk. And of course, streaming will affect your life. That's all. It's a, it's a time-consuming activity, especially if you want to do YouTube and you don't have a manager or an editor like I do not have. <laughs> so you have to do, unless you Everything. are willing to invest in a manager and an editor, it's just, it's so much time to do some basic stuff. That's why when you work for a company, all these other people do the stuff for you. Mm -hmm. You can do your job. Everything gets done. But... When you're own, your own boss and your own single employee, you have all your own equipment, and your only product is yourself, it's, uh, it's different. Yeah, I think you said a lot of great advice there for somebody trying to get into streaming or YouTube, where there are, I think, a great example of this, if you ever look up like on Sully Gnome, which is the site for all the different streaming stats, you go to the Fortnite, there's like 2,000 streamers. And like five, right, yeah. five, 10 will be good. And then everyone else is just wasting their time. Just they're just there. Yeah. They're there. They're noise. They don't, they don't really exist. And but you know what? One of those players with like the three viewers might be so good. Yeah. Might be so good. But no one would find them. necessarily ever find that because that player may not have gotten the opportunity 
to prove themselves mm-hmm. to get those eyes on them. Them being good at the game isn't enough, right? Yeah, unless you... There needs to be more attention forced onto you, and then you need to hold that attention. It's extremely yep. hard work when it comes to people, people being very finicky by nature. Mm-hmm. If that finickiness is amplified by the internet. Right. More that... impatient than ever here. Mm-hmm. We have shorter tempers, you know? No, 100%. And people people want that dopamine rush, right? If, if, if I'm not entertained in five seconds, I can find the video on YouTube that can. So why would I be here? Yeah. And you have to go in with like the intention of watching it. Like when I go into mm-hmm. a stream, I go in with the intention of like not mm-hmm. like entertain me. Like I'm usually like, this is what I want to watch. This is the person I want to watch. But yeah, if you're searching for something new, like if you're just getting into a game for the first time, looking at the game's directory for the first time, you don't know any of these names. Yep. You see like... This person has a hundred. This person has a hundred. It's flip a coin. <laughs> they don't know that they're auditioning for your viewership, but they are. Yes, right? and I think you nailed it really well, or you said it really well when you talk about like opportunity in smaller games. Gwent is still a pretty small community. There are streamers who are coming up and who will continue to make progress. There are some who still won't, but you can't get much bigger than Gwent before you start running into a little bit of issues. When it comes to that rise, and you don't get that benefit as you described. Hey, I was one of the first people when it came to Gwen to got that Nilfgaard footage, get a thousand, couple thousand subscribers on YouTube very quickly because I had this exclusive footage, uh, and a small group of content creators had it. Maybe you can get it with a really, really fresh game. You mentioned Storybook Brawlers uh, as a one, or is it Storybook Brawl or Brawlers? Story, Storybook Brawl. Yeah. Brawl. Okay. I had a family Brawlers. Now it's a fighting game. I've seen you play it. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, brawlers, like, imagine, like, Red Riding, you know, Little Red Riding Hood punching a wolf across the face, which is not quite what happens in that game. It's so funny. Red Riding Hood is actually a, a, not a represented fairy tale in that game. Really? Interesting. The bad, the bad wolf is. But, okay. yeah, exactly what you say, though. It's, mm-hmm. But it's an, it's an auto-battler. It's a completely different card game than Gwen, yes. which is a completely different card game from most constructed, constructed card games. Like, mm-hmm. this, like, uh, Storybook Brawl is not a constructed card game. It's a... Uh, it's uh, it's like it's it's an iteration of Hearthstone Battlegrounds with a new like a number of different layers and a uh-huh. uh, an individually supported format. So there's no like, there's no constructed card game version of all of those units. It's they only exist mm-hmm. to be in this auto battler, and it's basically like arcade drafting is how it feels. Yeah, Every, and that... it's like it's what I like about auto battlers is that it's kind of like the deck building and the gameplay at mm-hmm. the same time. Yes. And even when you draft in Magic the Gathering, the draft period happens, and then you play, 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 play. And then mm-hmm. the, that, that, that exciting draft moment is over mm-hmm. when you start playing. But what's cool about Auto Battlers is that you're always drafting and mm-hmm. always playing. So anyway, I, I'm not here to no, no worries. sell, the, good sell to the virtues passion. of this game, but I'm just saying that you know, if we're talking about card games, I think... I mean, to the detriment of Storybook Brawl, it is iterating on something that, like, it can be directly compared to Hearthstone Battlegrounds because mm-hmm. functionally it is very similar. But Gwent can't be compared to anything, right? Yes. But at least, at least, uh, I mean, some people have just completely removed Activision Blizzard from their life. So if you want to have this experience, I think it's better than a Battlegrounds. Like, it just has more mm-hmm. layers to it. It's like strictly better. It almost feels strictly better. But you don't have to. You don't have to fuck with blizzard anymore if you want to get that kind of feel <laughs> yeah like it's you can you can you can get that indie feel and it's a good indie game and it's they're they're, they're taking lots of feedback but like i said i'm not, nice no i'm, I'm not, glad that you're describing that and it's ta- i'm talking about you the way uh because i didn't play hearthstone battlegrounds either but that unique that unique hook got me it's new 
it got me. It's mm-hmm. new to me. It got me. So, yeah, like much like the streamer needs opportunity and skill and technology, a new game also needs like those kinds of hooks for the streamer as well. Mm-hmm. So when those things combine, which I think Gwent and streamers did because Gwent was always so community focused. Yes. They could have hired they could have hired anybody to do their first cast. Mm-hmm. Like really like understand this. Gwent Challenger. This is CD Project Red. This is the Witcher company with their Witcher money and the production in Katowice on a big stage. Mm-hmm. They could have hired I'll use. I'll just quickly go back to Story of Grawl for one second. Go for it. They're having their first tournament in August, and all the pe- the commentators of that game, the broadcasters, are all the devs. Mm. You know why they did that? Because they can trust themselves to talk about the game well and cover it for the very first tournament. So here we have Gwent, CD Projekt Red. They're going to put on their very first tournament. And they don't know this at the time, but this tournament's going to go long. It's going to mm-hmm. go so long. So they have people, they have hired Josh Gray from mm-hmm. uh, ESL. And then me and Mogwai, who have no experience. Okay. Like, zero. They took a chance. Casting. Well, I mean, we have casting experience in that I cast, like, over Skype some stuff beforehand. And, mm-hmm. like, I did... You know, I, I did some stuff to show that maybe I could. And, of course, we did the audition. Like, it wasn't just like we went to CD Projekt Red, met them, and they gave us a job. Yeah, we right. had to go through the audition process. We had to submit videos. Um, I've played this video on my stream before. It's, cool. it's crazy to watch it now. Believe me. Anyway, it's, uh, we had to do the whole thing. We got the job legitimately. But still, though, I didn't know, like, the camera with the red light and the yellow light. Like, you have to make sure you're looking in the right spot or else the camera. You're going to start the show, and it's going to be like, Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's like, I'm, look, I'm looking over here. You don't want to ever want that. And yep. like, we're kind of learning this on the go. And also, at the same time, we're learning how to cast nonstop for 11 hours. We're losing track of time. Yep. We're finding out that like, we don't know how many people are watching. We aren't eating. We aren't, there's, mm-hmm. And there was no breaks. No caster switch <laughs> and no break. There was one five-minute break. And they did it because we had to. Okay. We, had to stop for a moment but it was uh they trusted two people from the community with their with their with their witcher brand it's it's what like if i was in the same position i wouldn't have done that i would i would really want the experience Uh now we did have mod garrett doing the hosting we mm-hmm. did have uh, Josh Gray knew what they were doing. ESL knew what they were doing. We were in a studio, so it was like very set up for what we were doing. Um, but at the same time, when it came to like, we are we are like the 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 broadcast is like the bones. It's like the bones of the mm-hmm. of the show. The guts is the gameplay, but it's held together by the bones. Like the casters keep it all very easily referenceable and accessible, and. That takes a lot of skills that we didn't have at the time. I, like, we got so much better because I, was, I, I felt myself learning as I was going. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately, as soon as the first time Mogwai interrupted me, the first time I interrupted him, I'm like, I'm already learning how hard this can be, how incredibly difficult this can be. Trying to like, think of what the next play could be and players maybe move a little bit faster than that. Mm-hmm. Doing math live in, yep. a, in a stressful situation and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a trial by fire, like 
it was such a trial by fire and the adrenaline after that event no mm-hmm. way nothing nothing has ever been quite like that i Glenn challenger Glenn I'm... challenger was two was was an amazing experience but challenger mm-hmm. one that first experience coming off of that and they were really happy like cd project was happy with our performance yeah. one guy i remember uh commenting on how long the thing was was just like how did you do that and i'm like <laughs> huh. I'm, 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 I'm just saying like I honestly think if I had to do an 11 hour advertising presentation, I would say, I would, I'd be like, no, there'd be no way I would ever do that. Didn't matter if I thought I could do it, but the adrenaline just carries you through it. It's just, it was just over. Yeah. I we think got there. there's a lot in there in terms of first, if you're going to, for, to summarize the wrap of the streamer conversation from earlier, if you're going to try to find an opportunity. It, there's a lot of things that go into it. CDPR had a very community focused, uh, desire from the start right they took a chance on you and mogwai and who didn't have this dream you know casting background you guys did a little bit of casting you had enough to you know throw together an interview say this is what we can do individually and then they bring you in and you get this incredible opportunity to cast which then snowballs into other casts versus what storybook brawl is doing right playing it safe we're not really sure about the community because they could have, they could have come out to you and say, uh, "Hey, McBeard, McBeard, we know you have a background in some casting. We know you've been liking your game. Would you take a shot here?" And maybe you'd say yes. Maybe you'd be able to stir the pot. Maybe not. But they chose not to seek out in the community. They went with the safe choice. That's less of an opportunity than necessarily CDPR, Gwent, and also the fact that CDPR is risking their billion-dollar child in The Witcher. That's really bold. Says a lot about the company and the community around Gwent. Also, I think the mm-hmm. I think the, the 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 safe thing you said about Starbuck Brawl. It's also a finance thing. When all the devs do the, the broadcasting, they don't have to pay any broadcasters. It's a fledg- it's a fledgling game. Like I, I I get it. They're giving away money in a tournament. They just started their game. So I, I do see that um, it's probably the best for them. But yeah, when it came to when it came to CD Projekt Red, they have a lot more. Uh, they have a lot more. Uh, they have the means to do more. Fly That's people fair. in from across the world and stuff like that. So. Yeah, to just take all that and then just say, here, you two noobs, give it a shot. Uh-huh. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's just, the risk was, like, it just, it's, it was so risky and so cool that they did that. And they've been so community-focused. And I think Gwent in general is, it's a fan game. Like, I don't, like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have made it if people didn't want it. Yes. Like, if people didn't write them every day saying, man, Gwent was such a fun part of Witcher 3, I wish I could just play this game as a card game. Mm-hmm. They had to feel, they, that, that's where the game came from. They're, when they made mm-hmm. Witcher and Gwent, when they, sorry, when they made Gwent and, Gwent and the Witcher 3, to my knowledge, uh, just based on the way that I've heard Jason talk about those days, there was no intention of building a standalone game, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, at that time. Yeah. But it's just the fans wanted it, and they're like, you know what? They saw the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the card, and it wasn't even a card game audience. You know how many people play have played Gwent that have not played any other card games? Tons. It's I don't either. But I will tell you that when I play other card games, they will say I've never played anything like this, or even Magic, Mm -hmm. like even stuff, or even Hearthstone. Like people don't. There's no frame of reference. So Gwent, being such a wildly different card game, you get a lot of. uh, There's a lot of interesting conversation when I just go play a game like Legends of Runeterra that has a Mm -hmm. combat phase. Just that alone. Yes. it brings up so many questions from the Gwent crowd um, because it happens every, there's a combat phase every round. So it's like, yeah, 
it just it's a it's a whole it's a whole other concept and of course player health like the idea mm. that you are hitting the opponent and reducing their health to zero like almost every other game that has pvp you're reducing an opponent's health to zero before you yourself go down gwent doesn't do that either no. like it's just it's like it took everything and just op like made the opposite <laughs> yeah no and they, they did do it's... something really unique and wonderful and it attracts a different crowd than the standard card game crowd right you go from magic the gathering right you have lands and lands are in many ways we talked a little bit before the start of this about how top decks yeah. and drawing cards and drawing the wrong card hurts and lands are the worst in magic the gathering they just let you cast your spells they yeah, are the worst but even then, legends of runeterra has the same problem like you can uh -huh. go two turns and just draw like let's say i have a card in my hand that i don't need and my next two draws are that same card because i have three copies on my deck yeah just like oh, exactly. come on like it's just top decking i was commenting mm -hmm. yesterday uh i hate it <laughs> no it's, it's a I, it is the worst part of card games and it is card games with the draw phase balance around that so gwent you get 10 cards in your hand and you don't draw uh-huh other card games you get far less cards in your hand but you do draw and then uh you draw shit and it feels bad and it's mm -hmm. not like you just drew your last three cards and gwent round three and it feels bad it's like it's the beginning of the game and i'm not drawing anything and my opponent's just beating yep. me now yeah and then that's a huge struggle of card games in general and i will say on a personal i love gwent because it's one of the most consistent card games you pretty much see half your deck from the beginning you have you're not going to get card you're playing with the deck you're not just playing yeah. with what you draw you exactly in most in most cases with the deck building process everything is in there for a reason mm -hmm. or you have doubles just so you hit like one of them for your bronzes so yeah you're playing with your deck specifically there's a new card game or uh there's a newer a newer card game out called flesh and blood that also does mm -hmm. this where you are expected to play your whole deck at least once maybe tw like you reshuffle mm -hmm. it. like at least once you play through your whole deck i haven't played this game yet but that concept alone has me extremely interested in trying uh -huh. the game because the idea of having the deck be your weapon and not just being a pile of resources that you might be able yes. to use like if i was a skilled tradesman i would not have a box full of <laughs> useless tools or yeah tools pick one out would, randomly I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring tools uh -huh. to a job that i wouldn't be able to use right yes. like I, I don't know if this is even correct no you're good i, I, I just can, i can kind of imagine like you have you can have a toolbox but it's not when you're just like okay i need the i need a hammer to put the nail in you don't just reach in the box randomly and grab a tool like oh i got a wrench we gotta use the wrench like you know this has a flat end i'll use this i'll, I'll yeah, just exactly. uh, use my wallet here and 100 <laughs> right you, you go in the toolbox you pick up what you need and you use it and so i i like that certain games are really pushing the boundaries and not just like magic guy like oh lands are terrible hearthstone comes along oh we'll just get rid of lands you get one crystal per turn but still keep the drawing and all of that went goes in a very different angle I did yeah, ask. any card, any time. Exactly. It's a, it's a, that's a very daunting part of the game for newer players. Uh -huh. And even, as, especially when it comes to players with, uh, when it comes to like learning that meta knowledge and learning your matchups, mm -hmm. uh, like it starts to become like kind of, a, it, it's, it's funny because like, it, you know, you draw, you're playing Northern Realms, you got Radovid's Royal mm -hmm. Guards. At one point in some meta, it's like, well, that's my first play. Every yeah. time it's probably a lot of times. Radovid's Royal Guards or Adernian Wall or whatever. So, but that, that comes with time. Mm -hmm. And even then you could be reacting to your opponent's blue coin play and you can't do that, let's say, but mm -hmm. it's it, like, you have so many options, like in a game like uh, Magic, Hearthstone, Legend of Terror, you are on a rail, you're on a rail. Uh, you have a whole deck full of a whole bunch of stuff you can do, but on turn one, you can't do any of those things. You can mm -hmm. only do the thing that costs one. Right, it's simpler in many ways.
in Gwent, you can drop your bomb immediately. Uh-huh. Play your best card. Just yeet it out. You know so like, come at me, bro. I'll be, real, I'll be real, John. Talking about Gwent on this podcast is like, and I, I have been pretty high on Gwent over the last couple of days. I'm even, I mean, I'm even more excited about playing it. I'm excited for new cards coming out too. That's coming soon too, right? Yeah. Getting another expansion soon. Mm-hmm. I think I might just, uh, I might pick it up for a little bit after the next big season because it's just, oh. you know, there are a lot of great qualities about this game that I'm, I'm, I'm finding I'm missing as I. Well, it's its own beast. Especially yesterday. I ranted yesterday, too, about uh-huh. top decks. I got it. <laughs> well, it's, it's its own beast, as we know. We're going through yeah. This is what keeps me coming back to Gwen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stream it if I didn't love it. Now, I stream it partially because I also know it's a great game to stream. But if I wasn't willing to put in, sit down and say, oh, could I play this game for 1,000 hours? Yes. And they're getting better and better. That's the other thing I really appreciate about how community-focused it is. Because there was, there was a drought period. Uh, I think right at the end of like 2012, or not 2012, what am I saying, John? Uh, 2020 December, right in the middle of COVID for like the first three, four months of the year, it was a bad time in Gwent, in my opinion. That's when I was streaming it too. And now I think they're hitting their stride. Things are going back to being more complex. The leader ability reworks, even though they're a little bit overpowered for the syndicate stuff, line pockets, Pirates Cove, and Jackpot, is a step, in my opinion, in the right direction. Add back that complexity we missed. Colgrim is a great card because it adds back on new direction the player deck, more complexity to the game. I miss that. I feel like they're getting it. And I feel like they're also figuring out that, hey, we don't need to do the quarterly card drops like Magic the Gathering where you're shipping, you know, shipping physical products matter. Let's just give them new cards every two months. And heck, and on the off months, maybe we'll just toss in an extra bonus card that can stir up the meta some. Keep things really fresh. Keep things more complicated. Keep things moving. I, I'm I'm pretty hot on Gwent right now. I think the yeah. last time I was unhot was when Vi and Lippy were meta, and that was the worst. The worst. That um, was a rough time. Um, Lippy, well, Lippy is like the baseline for Scalia. It's yeah. like you see, you they either has decks that are stronger than Lippy or they're playing Lippy. I swear. Yeah. Lippy's like Lippy's forever like the floor. I think uh-huh. for Scalia competitively, like if nothing's working, Lippy is probably where you gotta look. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so with Gwent for me, that was right around the time when I actually stopped playing Gwent, uh, like mm-hmm. as, as far as like a regular basis. Um, I didn't make a push, like I didn't. Uh, uh, we were asked at the beginning of the year if we had uh, interest in casting and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, like w- like if we were, if there was uh, like some sort of. I-, I guess it was it was it was a difficult time, I think, to ask that question too, because like you said, there was a drought. We we yep. knew there was going to be a drought. We knew there wasn't going to be anything until June, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was when I left. And I will say this: um, I did. I felt like one of the driving factors, on top of everything I already said, yep. burnout, all the other stuff that I said that I was suffering with. But one of the driving factors with leaving Gwent, because when I left Gwent, I, I said that I was doing it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I could have not done that. I could have not done that. Because I, there are a lot of people that do stuff like this and make announcements like that. And mm-hmm. I had a I had an idea of what I wanted to do afterwards, but then I immediately stopped doing that. And I kind of just... Because <laughs> yes. I, I, I wanted to just try a completely different style of game, which was Genshin Impact at the mm-hmm. time. And, you know... It is what it is. It's fun. I, I don't really play it that much anymore, but it's it felt like a new horizon at the time when I needed one, and it it also felt like and when I said I was leaving Gwent, and I think that the thing that I that I said the big one was was the lack. The content looked like it looked like we were waiting for another homecoming's length of time, mm-hmm. and I did that already. I'm like, you're making me wait again. Why? You're not even rebuilding the game. Why do you need 
six months. And like, you know, I, I made, uh, I made possibly a bigger deal out of it than I could have. But I think what happens with people when they decide to make these announcements, and I've seen lots of players move on from one game to another. I think Mogwai is a classic example because he's someone who moves on from many games and he really, he moves and people move with him. Like he, it's never yes. hurt his, his, uh, his career to do that. Um, and he doesn't play games he doesn't feel. Uh, but when, but when you do that kind of thing, you kind of have to talk about what you're doing and why you're doing it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So the highlight for me was the, the long drought, that that was mm -hmm. going to be something that I personally felt like I would have difficulty with. And I didn't think I had the drive to play until new content for that long. Mm -hmm. So I said, I said I was, I was going to step out. And that was, like, I think that I could have picked any problem at the time that I had, put that on, put that on my, my reasoning and called mm -hmm. it. And it wouldn't really have mattered why I did it. It was more like that I wasn't doing it. And then in the end, it didn't matter anyway, because you try to tell something to everybody by putting a YouTube video out and putting tweets out and putting a stream yep. out. And you're still only reaching like, like probably a lower percentage than, than, yeah, than people can. would think. A lot of people still have no idea what the hell's going on, why <laughs> you're not, like why I wasn't casting or what was going on. Interesting. And, but when it came down to like, I mean, I hope, I mean, I don't, I've always criticized people that are just like, I'm leaving and here's why. But I, I just, whatever is, whatever is on top of your list when you make that decision is just kind of what comes out. And I think I was mm -hmm. just like, I've had issues with Gwent in the past and none of those issues made me leave the game. And this issue didn't seem necessarily like so much more worse than having like an unbearable meta or... Mm -hmm um broken cards or you know like a, i don't know like I, yeah. i'm trying to think of other things no i don't like but... a question for you do you think yeah part of the re so I, I you by the way did a great job with your your video explaining why you're leaving the twit longer I, like it was all really in my opinion i thought it was great i thought it was very clear you point out some things even things i were worried about back then like the lack of a roadmap made me really nervous for the game i didn't want it to be like oh yeah we're, we're shutting we're pulling everything back uh but I have a question for you more on a like fundamental personal level about it do you think there was a lack of adrenaline rushes coming and that influenced it at all in terms of you have these high moments when i when i when we're talking you're really in the moment you're you know you're regaling about getting sung happy birthday by people you really admire or that first 11 hour cast chips are on the table and you're learning as you go and you're just getting it done these are the moments where I'm seeing you get really excited. Like these, these are the, these are the peaks. And then you're getting faced in 2021. You have no roadmap. You have a very stagnant meta. You've been playing card games for a long time. And it doesn't look like on paper of COVID also there saying probably no in-person tournaments, which a lot of these high moments are coming from. I don't see how you would ever get that adrenaline rush, anything comparable in this entire year uh, in all of uh, 2021. Do you think that influenced any of the, your decision to leave Gwent and move on to other stuff and try to find new highs elsewhere? Yes and no. I think that um, there was still an opportunity for a lot of adrenaline because I still could have had the opportunity to cast if I wanted mm -hmm. to. And that those casts still bring, you know, casting from home or in COVID times, it's like I said, it's, it's obviously a different experience. It's a lesser experience and it's, it's, it's uh, it feels very hollow when you can like compare being there that 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 glow of a post event mm -hmm. going back to the studio and stuff like that 
there's none of that. It's like, it's like, boom, yeah. I'm immediately home, North America, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Just like get on with my day. And it's just like, what? Like it just, mm-hmm. it was just such a strange feeling. So, um, but it's still, you know, that's better than, better than nothing. Right. Sure. But I still chose nothing. Um, because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just, I don't think if I am not feeling it, that my expertise, because when you're a caster, you're expected to be an expert. Uh-huh. I think you are expect you, you should I be an agree. expert. And I didn't feel like, um, I didn't feel like I was doing something that I wasn't, I, I wasn't playing it enough to feel like I was an expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was that. And like, I just, uh, it's, it's uncomfortable to try to cast a game when you're not feeling your sharpest. I think that, um, I think that my worst casts were still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Even if they were, they had some glaring errors or some really cold or incorrect takes, uh, mm-hmm. Or even missing something something obvious, I still think all those casts were great because I know the amount of effort that goes into doing each and every one of those casts. So some mistakes are made. It's unfortunate when you make mistakes, but you know it's like you're gonna make them. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. No, we're human, and 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 everybody's a critic, right? So it's just mm-hmm. kind of comes with the territory. Uh, yeah. But when it comes down to criticism. Something that happens in a lot of artists' minds, and I'm no exception, when you hear something bad, you will focus on it. Mm-hmm. More because than in, in a lot of ways, sometimes the, the troll or the, the comment or whatever, it speaks to the fears you hear in your own head. Mm-hmm. So that's the only validation well, but... that, the, that the negative thought needs is your own, your own body saying, yeah, that's true. It feels awful. Mm-hmm. So when I, I started to see more and more criticisms where it's like, you know, I should have caught that or something like that. Like it's, or I just start, I start agreeing mm-hmm. to the point, like if somebody says like, I'm a boring, ugly idiot, like I'm not going to agree with that. Right. Yes. I'm not going to say, yeah, I think about that all the time. Um, but like if somebody says like, you know, it looks like McBeard is, he's losing it just a little bit. He's losing his passion mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm just like, yeah it is yeah it does check out maybe a little bit so there is just there's a lot of baggage that comes along with the expectation especially like when i said before you have you have these people that are just like i just get somebody else just get somebody Mm -hmm. else like it's the easiest thing in the world just to do that just to tell somebody okay so you're fired now let's just hire somebody else bring them in better you know bring in you know open the box out back we got one yeah it's so Mm -hmm. easy fucking Johnny Witcher 945 saw it. So it's just, you know, he, he's, he, why can't you see it? You know, mm-hmm. anyway, it's just, it's that kind of stuff was so infuriating. Uh, when it was said about any caster, any, yes. ca- I'm not talking about me specifically. When it's... any caster was criticized, uh-huh. the first thing that I would try to say in a Reddit thread, if I was commenting on it, and I tended to after these events, Ooh, bold. I would say, I, well, it's not, well, we all did. We all did. Like, well. uh, but it's a lot of it has to do with, um, People don't really understand how much work goes into it. No. People think that we just roll out of bed and do this. Like, it's like there's there's days of preparation. There's a lot of conversation. We talk about the deck list. We break the shit down. Uh-huh. In a lot of cases, when we when we like, let's say we spent two minutes on a really important point about a matchup, we might have talked about that beforehand. 
Mm-hmm. Like we might have talked about exa- that exact thing. Maybe we, we, we could have even played those decks as well against each other, like while we're waiting in the studio. Mm-hmm. I maybe make a play that we like just really blow out the other player. And was like, you know what? If this happens in the tournament, we can just go, mm-hmm. we can go on this tangent. And then yeah. it happens. And it's like, there we like go. That kind of preparation. There's like that, there's like that payoff in preparation. And I think people just think that it's just, you know, effortless because they, you know, they look at, they, they think that they're good at the game or they are good at the game. Mm-hmm. Who am I to say? They're good at the game. They see the proper play, you know, because they don't have cameras in their faces and people mm-hmm. yelling at them and people yep. talking in their ear and they're not thirsty or can't get up, go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, all the stuff that makes casting difficult. Yeah. yeah. The, all the other stuff. That's they don't not have any of that. They're just sitting in their room alone looking at the game being like, how the fuck did this caster miss this? Like, uh-huh. No, that makes... It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, it all makes... It's so many levels where it makes perfect sense. Nobody... It's hard with the camera on you it's like oh yeah it's just a guy behind the camera like no 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 all the legwork that goes into casting it, it's a ton it's a very competitive job it requires a ton of effort in proof of your results and to even get there every single caster has a ruthless self-improvement drive because it's so competitive and to be you know to have an you know, focus to have self-improvement you need to be critical of yourself and say this was lacking and it hurts when everybody That's... starts, you know, bagging on you and taking things from like a healthy self-doubt where you're like, okay, I come with my own biggest critic trying to improve myself. And all of a sudden, everybody's hopping into that category. It probably turns from something that can be really positive because, you know, criticizing yourself and trying to improve is good. Having the criticism of the community standing out to you, feeding your own personal self-criticism might at times be too much and take people down because it is a very mental thing to be on a camera like you know somebody talking in your ear and or just streaming you have a chat and you're trying to manage everything and somebody's like oh yeah how did you how did you miss that obvious obvious play that kills that key engine in the back like that is you just totally misread it you're not even you're not even in touch you didn't put in the work but of course I should have did. said, by the way, that we're not reading chat while we're casting. Just so uh-huh. that's clear. Yeah, but I know. Like, but you have, but you I'm, have a, I'm talking about like the yeah. post game, right. like the Reddit threads where they're like, you know, they're, they're criticizing the casters on various levels. And they're mm-hmm. saying something like, you know, it's pretty clear that X person doesn't play the game or whatever. Like it'd yeah. be like, you know, they, they would say something like, uh, like something like, let's say uh, Jagras had a game where she happened to make more jokes than usual. And like mm-hmm. in the thread, it would be something about her not playing. And I'd be like, shut up. Like <laughs> we ought like, yes. Like it's, it's, it seems like dumb. Like it's like when mm-hmm. you say, like when you say someone isn't doing something that they clearly like are doing, like yeah. you say something like, oh, you're not eating at all. It's like, well, you know, if I wasn't eating at all, I'd be dead. So yeah, I'm <laughs> like that. I'm just using a really weird example. No, you're good. Hat, I'm with like, you. You're not. It, it, the idea like that Jaggers doesn't play Gwent is like so fucking ridiculous. Like, do you really mm-hmm. think that we would be casting a game we didn't play at all? Like, that's just like, right. that kind of stuff. That just, that kind of stuff drove me crazy. Like the idea that we were not just not the best casters or that we could do better, but we were like somehow completely unqualified for the job. Like that is... Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff just usually just sent me off the deep end. And it, that, that was usually not about me. Like the, the idea that I was unqualified, I don't think that ever came up. But I would see certain criticisms about um, casters as it would come and go. And I would just be like, we're all playing. We're all part of this process. We're all talking. Like mm-hmm. the product of the cast is our shared experience with the conversation with us and the players. 
another thing that goes away with COVID is that we didn't have a, as much exposure to the players. And that is a huge amount of, we get so much from that. Like we could have like a two second conversation with Game King and like, we would know, we would get like the entire, his entire game plan. Like he was mm -hmm. like, it would, wouldn't take a lot for him to explain just a couple of card choices. Like, Hey, can I talk to you for five minutes? That would just drastically improve the cast for mm -hmm. it, like a second. Like that's something that we also kind of lost out on a little bit um, from COVID. But yeah, just generally though, the idea that, that the casters weren't really putting in the work or putting in enough work um, when we are all very passionate fans of this game, it's, it hurts, but that's the kind of thick skin, like I said, that Magua and I were green as shit when we went in. Like we just mm -hmm. didn't know we were we had no experience and we learned on the go. But we also uh learned how to thicken our skin on the go too. Like we didn't go in tough. Like mm -hmm. I mean, I went in a little tough coming out from a bartending experience and advertising. You do get you do get a lot of you do have to learn how to not sweat through some through some you either know, difficult moments. Yep. Or small stuff that can really ruin your day. Like so you get a little hardened by that, but for the most part, you don't get like when I was in my other, when I was bartending. I guess I am the product, but I am also serving drinks, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, I am the product, but I'm also yes. showing the game off. But in, but in this case, when you are the product, you're the criticism of your work, of yourself, of your job. It's your it's the criticism of everything Personal. you are. It's not just like your joke isn't funny. You're not funny. We like you, mm -hmm. but you're not funny. It's like we don't <laughs> oh. like anything about you. Like we, we we dislike you to your and everything that you identify as is somehow less. Uh, yeah, it, it is very personal, right? Again, you mentioned it, I think, way early in the conversation, how a regular job, it's not nearly as personal. You go to work, you come back, it's, it's a day. But in casting, particularly for casting, it is personal. This is, this is McBeard. This is who I took it personally are. when people talked about any casters. Like, I felt like right. there, any, 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 anything about a caster was like, I took it personally. That's interesting. Because I just, just because I was fierce, I was fiercely proud of our crew. Every, every permutation of it, I've been, I've been very proud of because, I felt like no one has ever dragged their feet, really. Right. The, yeah, the casting space for Gwent, I've never, when I, every time I see a lineup, I always admire the people they pick because they're all absolute monsters at what they do. They do great work. They're passionate. They put in the effort. They know the plays. And a lot of that isn't appreciated. It's tucked You have to impress scenes. a hard to please audience. Yes. And very quickly, because, and high stakes like too. Like I said, people think they're good or they are good. And in yep. both of these situations, those people, whether imagined or truly, are going to criticize. First of all, you're criticizing the plays, even. Like the two, like two very good players are playing, you criticize every play. And then you criticize the call on the play. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's an all you can eat for these kinds of people in Twitch. Um, but you have to, like, these aren't, like, these people aren't the boss, but they kind of are. Like, it's... Kind of. They're, they're the consumers, in a sense. But it also yeah. gets weird. Because there's a balance of saying, PDBR has to, and I, th I think they've done a great job with this, has to be able to recognize when the consumers of the game, right, the players who are watching the Opens and Challenger series, uh, when they're correct, and when they're all wrong, there is no better alternative. There is no way to please them, and... We have a great crew. We got to stick with them, and I think they've done a nice job sticking with their crew. Uh, when I see the changes, it never feel like any person doesn't belong on that stage or on that broadcast. So, yeah, but it's a tough balance because you're consuming. You know, on the internet, you can be as vocal as you want without consequence. You can just say, "I really hate that person," or "That person doesn't know anything." And I think it's really interesting how you also take it personally for the other casters, right? You are a team, 
And if well, you, we're friends too. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would like to believe that we were, that we, you know, especially when we were traveling and stuff like, we, you know, we're, we're, we're hanging out all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, online, it's a little bit easier to form these friendships, of course, but I mean, all, I know all these people already. Yes. So we're, we're all friends. So, you know, I would, I would take issue with, uh, I would take issue with people picking apart my friends in any situation, especially mm -hmm. if it was baseless, like, yes. especially like, you know, you defend your friends, mm -hmm. you defend your buddies, but like, yeah, if it's baseless, it's like, let's go to war on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of person sometimes that is not actually a very good attitude to have, I think. Um, but at the <laughs> same time, it's like, it's okay to be, it's okay to be, to, to care about your friends. I'd like to, I'd like to think that if I, if it came to aggression, if it's protection, mm -hmm. I think, I think it, there's enough virtue in it. I would, I'd rather have, I think friends that might go a little too far to protect you than not enough. Leave you out to drive. Like, Oh yeah, you can handle this. Oh uh, yeah. I'd, I'd rather have someone like I'd say, okay, you get back off here. Let me do my thing. I'll take care of the problem. Rather than there's saying, a happy hey, middle between yes. I can't take you anywhere and why did I bring you? There's definitely a there's <laughs> that friendship is somewhere in there. So I I'm, I'm curious about do you you walk away from casting going back to your story here, and part of it you have a lot of reasons from the sounds of it. Uh, one of the things that strikes me is that you talked about a lot the preparation that goes into casting. You need to be at a high level, all the stuff behind the scenes, and you're just kind of getting done with Gwent. You're a little burnt out from it. Uh, in December and January, mm -hmm. very true. Yes. And that's, I was, mm -hmm. uh, in, in those months, I was certain that, I mean, it's weird, right? It's like, it's the, the idea of like the twit longer and the announcement. It's yeah. like, if I say it, I can never come back kind of thing. Like it's like, who says? That's not true. But I mean, I, 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 I never said. I said no. that I was excited for new content, but I wasn't excited about waiting six months for it. Like uh -huh. people seem to forget the part where I, where I didn't, where I, or, yeah. or, or manufacture the part where I said that I was gone forever. No, it's like, I don't, why would I make such a big deal just to come back so quickly? It, it, and I'm like, the whole point was that six <laughs> months is not quick. No. And you, you have <laughs> other things. Quick. That's your perception for me. It's yeah. been an incredibly long time. Mm -hmm. like, incredibly long time. Like imagine living with someone. And then spending like even a month apart. It's wild. Mm -hmm. It's a wildly different experience. So believe me when I say that, like, and, and like I said, I've been playing a lot of other games. It wasn't even just card mm -hmm. games that I've been playing since, yep. since I stopped playing Gwen. I didn't play a card game until May. I went from, wow. and honestly, I think I played maybe, I had like one Gwen stream in January. Mm -hmm. And even that one felt very forced. I was really, really not feeling it. So I would say that I didn't play a single card game that wasn't a PVE card game, like, mm -hmm. like Loop Hero, if you want to consider that, um, for over five months of the year. And mm -hmm. card games are like my thing. Like it was so, and PVP as well. I'm just like, I, you know, going to work and losing. I don't want to do that anymore. So I'll play mm -hmm. Genshin where I don't lose yes. because, you know, there's no opponents or whatever. I'll yeah, play, it's an MMO. You know, I'll play Loop Hero where I will lose, but I lose to the computer and they won't, they won't, you know, taunt yeah. me as as they win yeah and, you know the most bravest thing that people can do you yeah. know that kind of stuff like it's just in sea of thieves i picked up that we played valheim for a bit i played returnal for a week nice great game uh i played i'm just looking at my my desktop here no worries uh games that i've played and uh, hades of course was a big part <sighs> of last year love super shine games uh but the, a lot of these games i haven't even played this year man, oh, man. yeah but but yeah mm -hmm. the idea is that i was just really didn't want to do pvp anymore I didn't know if I was, I, I wasn't in a, I, I felt like I wasn't in a good space, a good space to be, to feel angry. And I was feeling angry when I was just losing. And mm -hmm. that, that's burnout, I think. Like, it's not fun to lose. 
But when you're getting angry when you lose, that obviously affects your stream. And there's also the fact that if I'm less interested in the game, I'm more burned out. I'm probably playing worse, so I'm probably losing more. So it's a mm. it's a it's a it's a slope. Yeah, and itself. putting yourself and then you're also like you know, if I am embarrassed by a loss, it's not it's no one no one in the chat or no one watching me saying. Ah, uh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Everybody goes through it. Will make me feel less embarrassed, and mm -hmm. the embarrassment is amplified by the number of people who are watching, right? Yeah. And like this is this this is still like this is very like get over it. You're a streamer. This comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. That happens in the first couple of years, and maybe you stop caring about it. But every now and then, I would just feel really uncomfortable, and I called it camera burn. And I would do this thing where I would actually turn off the camera, and I would have a great stream. Because when I'm sitting playing okay. and I'm waiting for something to happen, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, <laughs> I feel like you sitting have to, in my you, room playing. You, if your camera's on you, you have to be on even if nothing's happening I'm, in the and game. And I'm like, all right, guys. No, I don't mm -hmm. actually do that. But, you know, it's still like it's there's still a lot you're you're on. Mm -hmm. When you're streaming without a camera, you're still on. But it's different. Like when I say you, I mean me. Like it's 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 different. It can be wildly different. Even yeah. a podcast where the camera wasn't on, this conversation would sound different. Mm -hmm. I think it would be different. Uh, it's it's not better or worse, but it's it's the idea that like being being that person that's on all the time. I feel like this is this is kind of like obvious stuff. Like it's hard to be on all the time. Uh -huh. it's the same kind of thing that stand up comedians deal with, where. It's like, oh, your business is being funny. Mm -hmm. You better be funny all the time. Yep. That's what I expect. Hey, or here's else. a joke for you. You're just like, <laughs> I don't want to. Right. You know, even when we, even, like, you know, even talking about games, like I've got friends that, you know, they work uh, nine to fives. Uh, they work nine to fives in an office. They play video games. They're better than I am at a lot of video games, too. They've been playing video games for as long as me. Um, but they don't play video games for a living. So they'll be like, hey, Dan, you want to play uh, some Guilty Gear tonight? Like, I'm burnt out from playing games all day. Uh -huh. And now I want to, and now it's like, oh, Guilty Gear, that's going to take like all of my attention. <laughs> that's like a famous game. So it's like, I don't think I can play games. Like, I have friends that uh, we are, we bond okay. by playing games together. And by the time my friends want to play games, I'm like tired of gaming. Wow. And it's, it's just like constantly reconciling these feelings on a regular basis. These are just like some of the examples of what I would deal with month to month with my relationship with gaming, my relationship with people and the camera, my relationship with my love for gaming and that kind of stuff. And when it came to like walking away from casting, I knew that the person that was walking away wouldn't be missed because mm -hmm. the person that was walking away wasn't the person that was doing a good job before. Interesting. Uh, the person that was walking away was making a very difficult decision uh, to, like, I just don't think, I'm not a person that can, like, I'm the kind of person that I can't give empty compliments. I have a hard mm -hmm. time, like, lying to make people feel good. Yeah. Like, you, I, I would never, like, I'm just like, dude. I'm the kind of guy that people with ugly babies are scared of. I'm just like, that baby is ugly. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just, uh, that's a joke. Well, yeah, but, but you're saying I, you're I, genuine. I am, I am, I am like the kind of person that I, like, I just, I'm not into empty compliments. I'm not into selling a feeling that I'm not feeling. However, I'm a person that can, I can trick myself into being excited. Um, okay. I had to do that a lot when I was bartending and serving. Mm -hmm. 
my my coworkers would say, "Oh, I heard you at your table. You were doing your laugh, your fake laugh." <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I can see why they would say that. Yeah, because they hear me laugh genuinely because they're my friends. Uh-huh. And they hear me laugh at the table, and they hear a difference. But I I heard that. I'm just like, I'm not fake. I'm not faking. Hmm. Like I'm laughing with those people. But it's there's still a difference. There is a there's a little bit of a there's a tricking to it that keeps you know i i feel like you know i i actually think we need to wrap up the interview because it's getting a little late but i want to bring this all back around for you by all means uh i don't even know if this was part of the review the interview that you were recording but you were talking about buddha you're talking Uh about buddha who you know he has everything he gets bored what does he do when he has everything and i actually am a uh strong i really like the concept it's a zen buddhist concept called shoshin the beginner's mind Mm mm-hmm beginner's mind in general is the idea that you can appreciate something as a beginner, even if you're an expert. And I have a little thing that I keep on a post-it in front of me. It's the, it's an acronym. It's fast forever. Mm-hmm. A student teaching. I think that it is so important to be able to remove. Is it removing of the ego or is it removing of you're removing the feeling of needing to be in control and in That's charge ego. and on. Yeah, it is. It, there is there is ego involved there. Mm-hmm. You take that out, and I think actually a lot of being able to really appreciate beginner mind is taking break mm-hmm. because, like when I when I when I boot up Legends of Ruterra, I take months at a time off of that game. It's always wildly new, lights mm-hmm. my mind up completely. I'm like, look at all this stuff I can build doesn't matter if i play it for long or not but there is there is an easier appreciation there when you become more and more of an expert it's harder to do that um but you remember that when you have people watching you um, and as a broadcaster as well there are varying levels of accessibility to the broadcast the enjoyment of the broadcast and enjoyment of the game Mm -hmm. and being able to appreciate how a new player would look at anything at any given time will help you capture enough of that excitement so if i'm doing that fake laugh at the table laughing like yeah it's going to sound a little different because i've heard that joke before i'm not laughing at it like oh that's funny (laughs) yeah i've heard that joke a hundred times before but i'm laughing like i heard it for the first time even though i haven't and i think that being able to approach everything as an expert but also as a beginner it's a it's a very difficult thing. It's like it's like uh, it's like meditation. You're never going to be in it. You're never going to be good at something like that. You're never going to mm-hmm. be able to approach something on two sides perfectly. But if you can get there, it's the most. Pleasurable feeling to feel like you're experiencing the same revelations as the people that are watching you. It makes it less like you're on a pedestal or a podium and more like mm-hmm. you're part of the experience. And I think that as a caster, that's, the, like, that's one of the main things. But as a streamer, you can really step back. As a caster, you're still in a position. The mic's mm-hmm. there, the cameras are on. But like when you're streaming, you can really step back and you can really slow down that experience. And I live for those moments day to day, trying to find that beginner mind in expertise 
it's hard. As meditation is hard, I'm also I'm also learning how to do that as well at this moment. So, um, and I feel bad. I this was such a great conversation. I actually could go longer. Uh -huh. I have something at twelve. I gotta go. I think. Oh, but I really wanted to say it was a joy to be on this podcast and 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 just shoot the shit with you about. Hey, uh, you know, it's kind of like I didn't really think I would enjoy talking about myself that much, but. I'm like, okay, well, I think I could fill an hour. And here we are bordering on two. Yeah, I can tell you, I'll be honest, the first 10 minutes when you were on, I realized I could probably go six hours with you and probably not even scratch the surface. And that has only gone, more we've talked, the more I feel very confirmed. Because we could go down paths all day. You are a very interesting individual who has a lot of interesting philosophies. Oh, I'm a, it's been a wonderful time. Hey, they're not mine, man. I do a lot of reading. I'll uh -huh. recommend this one here. I'm reading this right now. Hardcore Zen? Interesting. Hard, I haven't heard that Hardcore one. Zen. Good. Punk rock, monster movies, and the truth about reality. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool because it's not just about the stuff you read. It's the viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Because like, the world is how you view it, but it's the world at large, like the, the world we live in, is mm -hmm. how everybody... It's like the combination of all those things. Nice. So seeing, especially viewpoints that you agree with, just being said in a different way. Mm -hmm. is really amazing because no, like uh my wife is my wife has been meditating for a, a very long time so wow. longer than i've known her okay me not so much um Hard to keep but that as i'm learning this year i can tell her things that she knows but i'm learning from a different person let's say like i i listen i have a different meditation app that she does so i have a different meditation teacher than she does so mm -hmm. i can explain stuff con conceptually that she understands but she's never heard it that way before mm -hmm. and it's and it becomes a brilliant, it, it makes, the, it puts a new shine and a new polish on it. And I think that um, to, really close, to really close the interview, uh, as this world kind of reawakens and we're coming back out of COVID times, I find that as I'm having visitors and I'm doing visiting again, I'm really appreciating the multifaceted world that we're in and being stuck in my home for so long. I feel like I've just been peering out of this one telescope at the same thing for so long. And that's really helping me appreciate that uh, I'm not agoraphobic. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do not have. Uh, I do not have a desire to never go out. Nope. But I have a desire to connect to people. Thankfully, streaming allows me to do that in a in a her in a hermit like way. Mm -hmm. uh, but going yes. out there is also nice. No, it makes a lot of sense. And then McBeard, I'll go ahead and let you wrap up. I don't want to keep you too too long. Thank you it's so my much. Fault. I can't stop talking. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. That's why I'm getting nervous because if I, I could ask you two more questions and you'd miss your appointment, I'd feel really bad for you. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, somebody's coming over, so it's like I have a visitor, but they're going to be here in 13 minutes. That's the idea, and i got to clean up. So. No worries, McBeard. Is there anything yeah. you want to say to the people right now? Uh, thanks for watching this. If you're here and you're here to see me, uh, I am just so humbled by that. And uh, thanks to Plain Talk John for having me on the show. Thanks, John. You're welcome. I think you're doing a good job here with these shows. I think that your approach is just fantastic as someone that has interviewed a lot of people. I can tell you that I know when an interview is is rigid and when it isn't. And this was loose. This was loose and mm -hmm. goosey. It was an absolute pleasure to do this. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody who watches Gwent. Thanks for everybody who is involved in gaming communities. Thanks to everybody who comes into Twitch and interacts with the chat. And thanks to everybody who appreciates what we do. And just, I love you all, guys. Well said. Thank you so much for those kind words, McBeard. For everyone watching or listening, Definitely keep an eye out for McBeard on Twitch and YouTube. McBeard, once again, thank you so much.